and welcome to Philly Talks Climate, where we talk about the climate crisis, how it affects Philadelphia, and how we solve this for our region. I'm Mina Ravel, and I'll be your host. I'm joined this week by my longtime friend, Tanya Seaman. Hi, Tanya. Hi, Mina. You're listening to Philly Talks Climate on Philly Cam's WPPM 106.5 FM in Philadelphia. Last week, we talked about how active transportation, like walking and cycling, is a transportation solution. This week, City Council's Committee on Streets and Services voted on several bills in support of this, thanks to our Office of Transportation, Infrastructure, and Sustainability. As part of a complete streets program, five bike lanes were approved on Market Street and JFK Boulevard from 15th through 20th Streets, on Richmond Street, on 10th Street between Buttonwood and Callow Hill, on Germantown Avenue between 2nd and Master, and on 2nd Street between Wood and Race. Another bill that passed increased penalties for parked vehicles blocking bike lanes, bus lanes, and bus routes, all of them SEPTA, NJ Transit, Greyhound, Trailways, and even school buses. This is a good thing, because delaying a bus means delaying the schedules of at least 40 people, Compare that to delaying one person in one car. And blocking bicycle lanes means forcing a cyclist to merge into automobile traffic, which is dangerous. Thank you, Otis, for making it easier to get around by cycling and via public transit. This is me, Nalantanya, at Philly Talks Climate. Also this week, the same committee agreed on seven-year contracts with private companies to accept our trash and recycling. This is not something to thank them for. We'll try to explain this on the show today. What happens when we place our trash or recycling at the curb? We've all seen and heard them. Trucks pulling into our blocks and alleyways each week, taking whatever we haul to the curb. These city employees working for the streets department then drive the collected material to one of several transfer stations within the city. They dump the material and return to complete the day's route. At the transfer station, the trash is compacted and loaded onto larger trucks. City employees drive these larger trucks to diversion facilities managed by private companies, whether for eventual incineration or landfilling. Where has our trash and recycling been going? Not many people know that for the last few years, our trash has been incinerated. In the past year, two events resulted in our recyclable materials also getting incinerated. The first was when China stopped receiving recyclable materials from the U.S. The second was when our streets department let our recycling contract lapse. Together, this resulted in the public putting out our blue bins, which the streets department collected, and then simply sent to an incinerator. This week, City Council's Committee on Streets and Services approved three bills having to do with our recycling and trash. If approved by the full council, our recycling would be accepted by waste management. We used to get paid about $50 per ton for our recyclables. Now, we are paying waste management $104 per ton, and it would cost us at least $10 million a year to get rid of our recycling. When items that can't be recycled are found in the recycle stream, it contaminates the items that can be recycled, and so they can't be recycled. What types of items in your recycling bin cause contamination? Though plastic containers numbered 1 through 5 are accepted, plastic bags, expanded polystyrene styrene or styrofoam, and aseptic containers are not. Though glass containers are accepted, mirrors, light bulbs, porcelain and ceramics, glass cookware, window or auto glass are not. 
though metal cans from soups and beans are accepted, metal cookware, wire coat hangers, and appliances are not. You're listening to Philly Talks Climate on PhillyCam. The recycling contract that was just approved says a lot about contamination rates, that the private company would accept up to 25% contamination with the right to incinerate instead of recycling that material. The same contract makes no mention of how to reduce these contamination rates. Though there was a reference to an education fund, it is unclear how much that would be or who manages it to ensure lower contamination rates. Why is education needed? So some education is needed. For example, with pizza boxes, they're often put out at the curb with recycling because they're cardboard. But they're not really recyclable because they have the grease from the cheese and the pizza and the and the meat. So they end up in our recycling and they end up contaminating the cardboard that otherwise would be recyclable. And so then all of that is incinerated instead of recycled. So having learned that my pizza box isn't recyclable, we tried putting it in the trash can. But the week we tried that, the trash guys didn't take our trash. This is why we need consistent education between the, the streets department, the trash crew, and the residents. Under this new contract, our trash will be accepted by two private companies, Waste Management and Covanta. At $64 per ton, this would cost us about $38 million a year. The issue is that Covanta would incinerate our trash at facilities in the nearby suburbs of Delaware and Montgomery counties. You may ask, what's so bad about incineration? Incinerating 100 tons of trash results in 30 tons of ash and 70 tons of air pollution. The 30 tons of ash is mostly toxic heavy metals and needs to be buried in a landfill, and will, which will eventually seep into our groundwater. And the 70 tons, that turns into air pollution, pollution that we will be breathing and more so the folks who live near the incinerators in nearby Delaware County, in Berks County, and in Bucks County. Emissions from trucking our trash to landfills, even if they're farther away, is insignificant in comparison to emissions from incineration. And uh, because much of our trash is now plastic, it's even worse to burn that than in years past. Why? Because of the toxins and because this adds to the carbon already responsible for the climate crisis. Plastic and tires are about 47% of the carbon in our trash. When we landfill these, instead of incinerating, the carbon remains sequestered instead of overloading the atmosphere with even more carbon. This is Mina Lentanya at Philly Talks Climate. Incinerators are also called waste-to-energy or waste-to-fuel plants. The Kenny administration considers this to be renewable energy. Isn't that a good thing? No. The greenhouse gas emissions from an incinerator are much more than from even a coal power plant. So we shouldn't be incinerating our trash. Instead, we should bury our trash in landfills. It's a better option, at least for now. We looked up the definition of zero waste because our city has a zero waste by 2035 goal. Per international zero waste standards, a zero waste means the conservation of all resources by means of responsible production, consumption, reuse, and recovery of products, packaging, and materials without burning and with no discharges to land, air, or water that threaten the environment or human health. 
International zero waste goals do not include incineration. Our city has a proud goal of zero waste by 2035. They've even gotten a cabinet called the Zero Waste and Litter Cabinet. However, Mayor Kenny's administration has interpreted zero waste to be a zero waste to landfill policy. This is why the current administration considers sending waste to incinerators to be acceptable. You know, but it only brought to mind the fact that you can no longer depend on the man downtown to take care of business like he's supposed to when he's supposed to. So, what do we do with our trash? We realize all of us want our trash to be taken away when we place it at the curb. However, we need to acknowledge that there is no such place as a way. There is only air, water, or land, or humans to dump into. Incinerating our trash means we're dumping it into the air, land, water, and people's lungs. Landfilling our trash means we're dumping it onto our land. So, what are we supposed to do with our trash? We explained some of this on an earlier show, which we called "How to Get to Zero Waste." When we talked about legislation to eliminate single-use plastics from everyday use, we need a real commitment to zero waste principles. This means to divert or do something else with 90% of our trash, allowing no more than 10% of it to be landfilled. Knowing that landfills are better than incineration, we should continue landfilling our trash while we develop other methods. Incineration is definitely not an option. You're listening to Philly Talks Climate on PhillyCam. Having spoken to several national consultants, we found that we need to look at this problem systemically. We need to ask, what in our society creates trash? How do we reduce it? How do we repair broken items and extend their life? How do we recycle better, even up to fifty percent of our trash? How do we encourage economic development, which currently is built on people continuously buying things, much of which goes into the trash now or after long-term storage? How can we do better to educate, and how do we develop pilots for items not previously recycled? We could consider a pay-as-you-throw program, a program where recycling and compost pickup is free, and where residents are charged per bag of trash. Pay-as-you-throw has been proven to reduce the trash people put out by 44 percent. We've been told there's no significant increase in illegal dumping. Surprising, yeah. Some examples are local recycling facilities to close the loop and encourage local manufacturing. Local composting facilities at convenient neighborhood sites could turn our food waste into soil. Neighborhood sites could repair broken items and allow drop-off of hazardous materials. The solutions are many. So I do a few things to keep my trash to a minimum.、Um, just to, to tell you, I throw out one little shopping bag、uh, worth of trash about once a month, if that. So I try to buy things that come in reusable packaging、um, or no packaging. So I buy my groceries, I buy my my bulk items, grains, beans, that kind of thing, from bulk bins, and I put them into my cloth shopping bags, which I made、um, about thirty years ago. So they've lasted me a really long time, and I've avoided a lot of plastic bags because of that.、Um, and then I use net shopping bags to put my produce. 
which I usually buy at the farmer's market, but they do have some things that only come in little plastic bags. So I put those all into one bag and collect them, um, and they do go into my trash. Sometimes I reuse them, but unfortunately the, the farmer will not take them back. So those are a few things that I do to keep my trash to a minimum. Well, my example is I don't really throw out any clothes. So if I think a piece of clothing doesn't fit me anymore, I just have a bag that I keep to the side and I keep filling it with the unwanted clothes. Uh, this is not part of my trash. I, I end up taking these items when the bag gets full to a local thrift store. So somebody else can use that. Um, it didn't end up in my trash can, did it? By signing these contracts, we end up with corporate interests in charge of our municipal solid waste. We need professional environmental planners in charge of executing our zero waste goals. These broader questions are beyond the scope of the streets department, which is tasked with hauling and delivering the collected materials. Yet, the Committee on Streets and Services approved continuing business as usual, believing the Ken Kenny administration over the well-researched recommendations of their own citizens. The problem seems to be the parochial thinking of our current administration, one that pays no heed to citizens bringing up experts who know how to solve this problem, and citizens doing their own research of best practices in other cities. It is so much easier, it seems, for council to approve the status quo, even though it does not improve conditions in our city or solve our problems. On top of this, residents who actually separate their recycling from their trash are unhappy that the city hasn't been recycling these items. Following zero waste principles means never having to say we're burning our trash, not even at waste to energy plants. This is Meenal and Tanya at Philly Talks Climate. Now let's engage on this issue with our elected reps. You're concerned about the added air pollution in our region, right? The full city council still gets to vote on this issue of whether we incinerate our trash. So uh, we just signed a petition built by the folks at Energy Justice Network. Details about this petition can be found on the Engage page at Philly Talks Climate. Let's end by connecting with others concerned about the climate crisis. People growing their own food right in the city with no need to truck it in from the West Coast. Each summer, community gardens across Philadelphia come together to celebrate the start of the growing season and shine light on the many social, health, and environmental benefits these open spaces bring to Philadelphia. On Saturday, June 15th, there's a community garden bike tour from 11 till 1.30 showcasing gardens in South Philly. This is organized by the Bicycle Coalition. Details on our Connect page of Philly Talks Climate. Also on Saturday, June 15th, there's the Kensington Community Gardens Day walking tour from 11 till 1. This walk is organized by Southeastern PA Group of the Sierra Club. Details on our Connect page at Philly Talks Climate. You've been listening to Philly Talks Climate with Minal and Tanya. Thanks for listening. You know, I was in New York City a few months ago, and the garbage and the trash men won't strike. I'm talking about the maintenance people for the city. 
What they were trying to do was they were trying to get a little more money, you know, get a little raise and pay. But at that particular time, the city was broke. They were about ready to declare default. I tell you, the garbage in some places was stacked up two, three stories high. At night, <laughs> boy, at night it wasn't even safe to walk the street, you see, because the rats, the roaches, and the water bugs, I mean, they were hustling, baby, trying to get something easy. And let me tell you something, it was stinking, boy, and it was all kind of disease in there, you know. But it only brought to mind the fact that you can no longer depend on the man downtown to take care of business like he's supposed to, when he's supposed to. In order for us to get it like it's supposed to be, as far as cleanliness, you know, and safety, we got to get together and do it for ourselves. That's the only way it's going to be done. And you know what I'm talking about? Let me tell you what I mean. Watch you. 